Welcome to selfdiscoveryradio.com, where the discovery of self has put a show away. With a thousand plus archive shows and new shows coming to you every Tuesday, we bring you illuminating people from around the globe. Visit our store for their services and books and enjoy the show. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Petra Meyer. We're going to be talking about programs, online programs. We're in a world now where pretty well everything is actually online. Yes, we still advocate very, very much that you get to meet people, you network and you work one-on-one or within a team. But we know that business is being put online now, which is wonderful because it means that you can work from anywhere with anyone in the world. But how do you get an online program up there? How has it got to be configured? What's the look like? How easy is it for people to do? I know myself, I'm in the process of trying to get that done, and it's difficult because there's a lot of uh, tech to do, there's a lot of laying out, there's a a way to do it that's going to be inviting, and if we don't do it right, well, people are going to go elsewhere. So how do we make our presence really stand out, that people really want to come and know more about you, to ask those questions, to have that uh, conversation with you through your site? through these programs, through this invitation. Well, this is what Petra does. This is um, her gift to mankind, is being able to put things together for you so that you can serve your community uh, and build your business and do it without tearing out your hair. She's uh, got these skills for 20 years. Uh, She knows how to build the building blocks so you can have a growth that's not going to be something you can't manage because remember there is that issue in business as well sometimes you could be so in demand and you don't know how to keep up so we want to have a steady growth we want to be prepared for the growth we want programs that people really do enjoy and that talk about and that are easy to use so where do we get going well we asked petra what are the steps that we need to do so welcome to the show petra Thank you so much for this wonderful introduction and for, you know, talking us through everything that we're going to talk about today. That's awesome. Well, you know, we are in an online world now. And, you know, this is great because um, it just makes it easier for people in a lot of way, you know, to either work from their home or, um, you know, we're not really looking kind of so much at the 8 to 5 or 9 to 5 hours in an office anymore. You know, people have become so much more flexible with their business and, uh, but online isn't just putting up a kind of an itty bitty site and and putting things together because that online presence can make or or kill you, can't it? Yeah, it's totally true. I think there is a change in how we are working and how we're interacting with our clients, and um, that's across the board. It's not just um, the millennials. It's mm-hmm. actually, I think. Um, the, the probably the fastest uh, growing group is the 50 plus years old that are getting online and that are wanting to interact not only with family and friends online but also with their clients or with their mentors with their coaches and who want to do this while they're traveling who want to do this from the comfort of their home uh, who want to have the flexibility of deciding what time of the day is the right time of the day for them to learn and to engage with uh, the material that they're interested in. Mm. And, you know, the, you, the point 
you're talking about 50s plus and you know they the kind of the last of the baby boomers um you know i've interviewed an awful lot of people that have started businesses again at that 50 plus you know for me it started again at, at 57. Um, I know people who are doing things in their 70s and uh, because mm. they can do it online because they can do it anywhere um, mm. they have that freedom and they feel they're not being put out to pasture which is if they're in the mainstream you know that's it doors are closed go away yeah I think that's so true and that, that is certainly what I see in my clients I think that there is a lot of people that are around about that time seem to be losing their jobs in big corporates or not wanting to have those jobs anymore because they're asking, what's the meaning of this? What's the meaning mm -hmm. of coming to the same desk, uh, cubicle or whatever? If they're lucky, they have a bigger desk and they might even have a window. Um, what's, the, what's the purpose of that? And I think it's around about that uh, age we, we ask those questions. And we're much more discerning about how we want to spend our time. And we start questioning that going to the same firm um, is really what, what we're here to do. And so I see a lot of people in that age starting to think, I've, I've got all this experience mm -hmm. in a certain area, I have a passion in that area or in another area, and I want to bring this out and I want to uh, serve my gift to those who can benefit from it. And many of them are now searching for ways to build their own business, uh, but not sacrifice their lifestyle that they've built. Because as we all know, you know, when you're in corporate, you have a certain income every month. You can rely on that. When you start your own business, it's not quite that way. And uh, it does take a time to build a business that uh, is stable and where you can expect a certain consistent income. Um, but on the other hand, at that stage, they have developed a certain lifestyle, they have developed a certain uh, level of um, ongoing expenses as well with that lifestyle, mm -hmm. and they want to build a business that can continue to support that and continue to support you know, the travel that they want to do or the spending with their, with their children or grandchildren that they might want to do. So the, all those things uh, are taken into account when they're starting thinking about growing their own business and building their own business. Um, I've interviewed numerous people who've walked away from the corporate world at all ages. Um, mm -hmm. And just to realize that, yes, I'm very good at my job. Yes, I'm making a lot of money, but my soul and my spirit is empty. I feel, yeah. you know, I'm good at it, but it, it's, th where is the joy? You know, where is the purpose? And, yeah. you know, there's suddenly something that they love to do as a child comes back. Um, and, you know, that's what I want to do. And they walk away from everything. And no, they don't maybe make as much money as they did in the corporate world, but they adjust their lifestyle accordingly. And they feel so much more fulfilled in what they're doing. And they really do feel they're having a bigger impact that the need for that amount of money, uh, the same as they had before, isn't the same need. Because a lot of the time when you're making that big money in the corporate world and you're not enjoying what you're doing and you're feeling a little empty, you overspend to compensate. If you're doing what you love, you don't need to go out there and kind of, you know, I need to feel good shop. Hmm. That's very true. And I, I think that's, that is very true. And I, I don't know what the numbers are, how many people in that age group are losing their job because mm. perhaps reorganization, businesses closing down, uh, mergers, acquisitions, and all that kind of stuff versus how many are actually choosing to leave. Or it may be a combination. For me, it was that my, organ my company 
restructured and moved the office. Um, I came to Canada for a specific job, and the company moved the office to New York. And I was like, well, I didn't move to Canada to live in New York. That's not what I came up uh, here for. Mm -hmm. And um, that was the reason. That was kind of that push for me that got me to say, okay, either I find a new job or I find contract work or I start my own business. What is it going to be? And uh, ultimately, it's kind of a combination of contract business and running my own my own coaching and consulting practice that way, uh, which has really served me well over the last years. But it's different for everybody. And uh, some people just really decide at one stage, this is it. I need to get out of here. Yeah. This is not how I want to spend the rest of my working life. And no. I want to do something that gives me meaning and fulfillment. Exactly. And that's really what we really want in life, isn't it? We don't want it to be a job that, you know, God, I've got to do that. It's got to be something, oh, I love doing this. You know, I really, yeah. you know, you're spending so many hours a day, you know, in your work. And if you really love it, it really has a meaning for you. Really, there's a purpose for it. It's serving mankind in some way, um, even if it's just the liberation of one client at a time. Uh, that uh, fulfillment is there and it can change your entire perspective on life that's very true and i also find that when you're working more i mean as a corporate you have a role in you know this machinery that is usually well oiled and you have that certain role in that machinery that keeps things going forward but you don't necessarily have that um, direct client interaction or where you really see how you're making the impact on that client from start to finish. Yeah. When you start your own business, you get much more of that. You, uh, particularly when you start with a small business, uh, perhaps being a solopreneur, you know everything from start to finish and you're, that, that client interaction has a different quality. There's a hell of a lot more fulfillment for it because you're watching that person go from you know, wobbly legs to standing on their two feet you know triumphantly and um, there's a there's a great deal of a pride but also you know accomplishment isn't there because you've been yeah. able to see it right go through now it yeah, is you scary. See the impact yeah you see the impact much more than what you do in a corporate uh, setting i think yes the impact that you make on people every day is much more fulfilling than knowing that you're a a member of a large team and you do have a contribution but you don't necessarily see your own personal impact to the same extent as what you see um, as a as a small entrepreneur or small small business owner and, or a solopreneur I mean it's uh, when you're that independent it becomes personal for you doesn't it you know when you're working with each client it's it's a personal thing for you yeah. um, you know it's something that you're going to take pride in you really want to do well and you really want to see this person succeed um, you really want to have an impact on their life and you take that personally because it's yeah. uh, you putting yourself on the line to help your client in whatever way they need which you don't get in the corporate level yeah, totally agree. I totally agree. I think that's very true, and and that's certainly how I've experienced it. Moving from you know multinational organization to uh, being a solopreneur, and uh, really, uh, you know, you wear many hats, as we always say, and it really mm -hmm. is true. As a solopreneur, you've got to 
kind of do everything in some ways, and you have to do everything at least well. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. you, <laughs> and then you hopefully grow your business to a basis where you bring in some people who have an even better skill set for something that needs to be done that perhaps doesn't need to be done by yourself. So I think that's when you're going into that growth and transformation of your business where you're starting to really focus on the things that really make your soul sing and that you love doing and that there is a process and that journey takes different amount of time for different people. And we can't measure ourselves against somebody else. We are just all on our own individual path. And of course, the first step is believing you can, you know, like, oh, I can't do that. Couldn't be on my own. What if, what if? And, you know, we, a lot of the time people just talk themselves out before they've even given themselves a chance. You know, yeah. um, y y I'm sure you had your own trepidations when you first started. <laughs> and even though you oh had yeah. all the skill set. Yeah, that, I that is very true. I certainly had my challenges at times, and I'm not saying that they are over. I think as we are growing uh, our business, our business is, I found it's always transforming. There's always a change. You're experiencing new things. We all learn on this journey tremendously. And as we're learning on this journey, we're transforming our business consistently. And with every transformation, there's new challenges. And that in some ways makes life very interesting. Mm -hmm. And you learn uh, to work more with others. You uh, find partners. You find uh, mastermind partners. Uh, you learn with your clients, you learn with uh, those partners, with potential suppliers. I mean, it's just a big learning journey. And whoever loves learning, uh, it's amazing when you start uh, looking at learning being one big benefit of being a business owner, is that we can grow every day. We have the opportunity to grow personally and in business. And uh, if we take pleasure in that, if we actually want to grow personally and in business every day, then being an entrepreneur is a great way of doing it. And the thing is, is that uh, very often we sell ourselves short, don't we? We don't realize, you know, a, how adaptable we are, um, you know, how, how much courage and strength is in us, how much knowledge we actually do have. Um, and we, I think a lot of the time people want to kind of, oh, no, I've got to have it perfect before I do it. This has got to happen. That's got to happen. And sometimes it's just simply literally one foot in front of the other. Just start. Uh, yeah. Be open. Be receptive. Be willing to learn. Be willing to ask questions from other people. Um, and absorb what's going on and apply it to your business. But don't try and have all that information up front because it's going to trip you up and, and stop you being in tune with what you need to bring to your business and what your clients need from you. Yeah, it's very true. I, I think sometimes we have our eyes set too far into the future and we don't even you know, we don't even see that next step that we've got to take, so we're going to stumble. Mm -hmm. So finding that, yes, we want to have a direction in our business. We want to know where we're going to take our business. We want to know what we're passionate about, who we want to work with. I mean, there's some really important strategic questions we need to ask ourselves before we set out to the next step. But we also need to take a step because only once we're taking a step will we know the next, um, the next hurdle to overcome. Mm -hmm. we, we need to, uh, this is a journey of ultimately uh, hurdles or having to bypass little obstacles in our, in our path. It's not going to be smooth sailing. It is going to be something where we will come against something new and we're like, okay, I have no idea how to do this. So, okay, what might be that first step to take here? 
And, you know, this is, I think, a, a perfect segue to talk about programs because that's what I'm seeing in so many clients. They come to this, okay, I want to have an online program, but they don't know that first step, so they don't do anything because mm-hmm. they just don't even know how to get started with this. And sometimes it's just making some very simple first steps that get you on the road here, that you can start moving into the right direction. Yeah, that's very, very important, moving in the right direction. Um, I think one of the other things uh, before we go into the programs, um, are you still with me? Yes. Oh, yep. sorry, no, I thought I lost you there for a second. Um, is um, don't set yourself up to fail by looking at somebody else's success. Um, because very often you look at and go, well, you know, she did it. Look where she is. Or, I, you know, I can't do that. Or I need to do what she's doing. People, you know, the overnight success, um, that overnight success for an awful lot of people was 10, 15, 5, 20 years, you know, um, and then suddenly their success is noticed and they've got it right and, and whatever they're doing is really, you know, out there. But don't kind of compare yourself or, um, or try and mimic somebody else. We've really got to know who we are and what we're bringing to the table because you are your own brand, aren't you? Yeah, very true. That is very true, and I think that's also an important one because you want to be very authentic, Mm -hmm. authentic in who you are, because that's the only way how you can maintain it. Because if if you're putting up a show, uh, unless we're excellent actors and that's what what we're good at, um, it's really difficult to to maintain something like that. You want to maintain it, you want to be consistent, and you want to be authentic so that it doesn't feel really hard and forced for yourself to actually show up that way. Yeah, but and learning from others is, is great. I yeah. mean, I think observing what others are doing, you can learn a lot from others by observing them. But really finding your own way that feels comfortable and that feels uh, true to you, that's, that's really important in whatever we're doing. Yeah, because when you're with a client, we go back to that you know, personalization, that almost intimacy. You know, if you are open and honest uh, and present yourself in a confident way in who you are and what you're bringing to the table, that's going to bring uh, build a trust with your client. If you're trying to be somebody else or do somebody else's program, but it just doesn't connect to you, it's not going to connect to your client. Yeah. Yes, very, very, very true. I think that's where um, sometimes that can be the toughest of everything to really... Because when we are coming out of corporate, for example, I think we're molded into something mm-hmm. that may not be necessarily who we truly are. And it takes a while, for, I think, uh, for us to, to rebirth ourselves, to, to come to understand what is it that I'm really passionate about and what is it what's driving me and what is that, that one thing that I am bringing to the world. I certainly know that that was uh, a process for me, and I also hear that from many other people. I hear a lot of people who say, totally, I know exactly what I'm bringing to this world, but there's a whole lot of other people who are not so sure about that and who are not sure that what they've got to give is actually really special. Yeah. And we just often don't give ourselves credit for that the, the unique way how we're doing something is very special. And there's people out there who need it exactly in that way. So it's not something that we should uh, push and shove under the surface. 
we should bring it out. But it takes a while to discover that and to uh, commit to that path and to feel confident in it. Yeah, and, and to understand too that rather, you know, like a, a gift you're going to kind of unravel as you as you go, you know, the, um, the ribbon comes off, the paper comes off and you discover what's inside and you're only going to do that by, you know, having an idea, having a dream, you combining it with your already expertise, uh, but not willing to know it all, but willing to explore um, and a lot of gut instincts, a lot of intuition, a lot of like, this feels right, I can connect to this. Um, how do I combine that with my knowledge and how do I put it forth in, in a cohesive way? Th there's a, a lot of balance that's needed, isn't there? Yes, yeah, very true. I mean, it's, uh, it, yes, and I think that's where sometimes we get um, confused and we just, um, in some ways, we're not sure if the path that we're trying to take is going to work, if it's going to be appealing. I mean, all those kind of things, all those self-doubts will come up and um, regardless if you want to write a book or if you're starting your own podcast series or if you're creating courses or programs um, it's often those kind of areas where these uncertainties um, and the lack of confidence comes to the surface and keeps us from making progress and actually making the impact that we're here to make I think also sometimes we have a great idea and you know then it's like well, how you know, yeah. um, but then it's like, well, who will want it? When I think you need to know your who before you know your how, um, because your how becomes addressing the who. So you have a great idea, and I know sometimes just simply talking to people, taking notes, uh, allowing things to kind of digest, the um, idea of who is your market, um, the idea of why you should be putting this out there, uh, because who your market is will then lead you to the people who can show you the how. But we've got to know why we do it, because sometimes, oh, that's a great idea, let's go and do it. But really, you haven't thought it through as to why should it be out there, who is going to need it. And, and then you look to the how it's going to be presented in a way that that person is going to absorb it. So we have to allow the process to happen, don't we? Yeah, and you know, the, this, it's, it's really interesting, and it's interesting how you're presenting it, because uh, ultimately, what this comes down to is often the different way of how we absorb information mm -hmm. as learners, and and also the different way how we present information as teachers or mentors. And um, there is four different types of learning styles, and these four learning styles are really important to know and to incorporate when we are creating materials. But you're you're absolutely right. What you have said. Um, that we first need to know why we have it. So when we are as a somebody who wants to create material like a course, we want to first ask ourselves, why do I want to have this? What is this going to change for me and in my life? And be really clear about what we want that life to be like so that we're not creating something that we hate delivering. Mm -hmm. So we really need to start with ourselves. So somebody who wants to, I'll give an, an example, a specific example, somebody who uh, wants to travel a lot cannot create a program that requires a lot of in-person work because that would immediately put a dent on the traveling ability. And later there would be resentment. Oh, I've got to meet with this client. I wanted to go there and now I can't because I've got to meet with the client. 
So we need to take those things into consideration. We need to understand what kind of life do we want to lead and how do we, uh, in, how do we structure in some ways our programs, our services, so that that facilitates that type of lifestyle. Then, of course, we do need to know who we want to work with, clearly. We want to know very clearly who our target audience is and understand the needs of the target audience and what they've got to gain to work with us. I always work with my clients first on those two things. because, And I, I always describe business strategy as a bridge. It's being the bridge between you, where you are, and that lifestyle that you want to uh, create for yourself and the needs of your target audience. And the bridge is made up of building material, beautiful stones and rocks and in order to make it a pretty bridge. And we want the bridge to be as straight as possible too and not too steep and, and so on. And we don't want it to get flooded. So we want a great bridge. The bridge is the services that you offer. It's, the, it's all the, the programs and the one-on-one -on -one services, the VIP services that you offer. And if you offer the right type of services, it will perfectly allow you to have that lifestyle you want and it will perfectly help your client to get what they need in order to make the progress in their lives or in their business. So the bridge is for me that metaphor that we are building when we're creating the strategy for our business and the foundation for our business so that we are supporting the lifestyle we want to create for ourselves, but we're also supporting what our ideal clients want. Which makes sense because, uh, uh, you know, as you said, um, yes, this is a great idea. I'm going to do that. But didn't you want to have more free time or didn't you want to have more international people? Well, if you're going to do that, how are you going to do that? So it's following through, thinking it through uh, of what our needs are, you know, what our lifestyle is. And uh, um, if you are going to take on international clients, remember, there is a, a time change. You know, um, and you might have it to be doing something in the middle of the night. Have you thought about that? So we, we really do have to kind of sit down and look at, I've got this, who is my clientele? If it's international, is it something they can do and then we can set up a time or do everything automatically and not, you know, not actually have to connect? There's a whole load of variables that we need to go through and uh, really cross the T's and dot the I's before we kind of, even start putting the program together. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's what I meant earlier when I said, you know, you have to have an eye on the distance mm -hmm. in order to, to get started on the right path. Because if you only look at the next thing, then you might, uh, this might take you somewhere totally different. And at the end of it, you're like, oh, what, what the hell did I do here? <laughs> I don't yeah. even want this, exactly. you know. And uh, so really having kind of that eye in the distance, but at the same time, not be afraid to take that next step, even if it perhaps turns out to be the wrong step. Because you can always back paddle and say, okay, that didn't work, so now let's try something else. It's okay to do that. It's okay to learn also from failures and not only from successes. Yes. And that's, I think, actually where we learn most is when we are making something that we're thinking like, okay, that wasn't the outcome I had expected it to be. That's not the outcome I want. So how do I now go about making um, adjustments and amendments and not get disheartened? Because uh, hardly anybody has had that success the first time they, they started with. It. Yeah, or, or being able to keep it up, you know. Um, that's yeah. uh, the other factor of it. Um, you know, I'm I'm always willing to try something new, um, a bit of adventure that way. Um, and then, you know, when it doesn't work, 
you know, for one reason or the other. You know, you've got some people who go, but, you know, you why can't you just stick at one thing? Well, I don't know what that one thing is until I mm. find it stickable. And I keep trying different things uh, and mm. different w avenues. And okay, that didn't work. However, I learned A, B, and C from that. Now I could apply that somewhere else. And so, as you say, don't look at anything as a failure. Look at it as a lesson. A, you know what doesn't work. And B, you've always got some tools to carry forward into something else. Yeah. And also, we, we sometimes don't actually, you know, before we've done it, we don't actually know if it suits us so yeah. well. So we, we want to try certain things out and then experience it. And then we say, well, I, I really like that. Or that wasn't really quite like what I thought it would be like. So then you start making making adjustments to it. And, you know, that's just, um, I don't know if you're familiar with project management ways. There is one way of doing project management, which is called the agile way. And when we do project management agile, we're making consistent adjustment as we're going down the path towards our anticipated goal. We do need to set a long-term goal, but we also make short-term decisions in order to get us there uh, in a better way and to make adjustments, to learn from our experiences, learn from the good things as well as from the bad things that have happened. So that's kind of what's reflected in that particular project management way of doing it. And when we're going through life building our businesses, well, we need to be agile. We cannot say, well, no, this is the path I'm going and I'm not yeah. going to change anything because the market, everything around us is constantly changing. And so we need to change with it, and we will f learn certain things we love doing, other things we don't like doing. Well, why would we continue on the path of doing something we actually don't like doing? That you know, should be one of our top uh, objectives, to change that and to change it into something that we really enjoy to do. Yeah, don't be afraid to redirect. Um, you know, it's, it's not about just getting on the highway and, and driving to your destination. You know, sometimes it's those windy roads where you really do pick up, you know, the nuggets in life and truly actually understand uh, why you're on your journey. We've got to understand that. It's not just about getting to that destination. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, people, well, I want to do this because X, Y, and Z at the end of it. Well, if you're not enjoying the process and if you're not mm. um, really, um, you know, in partnership with that process and really, you know, contributing to it and getting something from it, that destination isn't going to mean anything to you either. Yeah. I think that's that's very true. You know, I, I always, uh, with my clients, I, I look at how ready are they for mm. creating online courses and group programs. Like, there are certain things that we need to have in mind. Um, and one of them is, is I actually ask them about the interest in the type of work that it takes to create courses and programs. Because exactly what you just said, if you are if you hate creating new material, then this may not be the best thing to do. Mm -hmm. Because if you, you know, uh, if you create a course, obviously you have to bring a lot of material together. But even once it, the course is created, it never ends. You know, you, you constantly go back in, you tweak it to improve it. You learn from your clients who are going through it. You want to make some adjustments to it. You need to keep it um, present and and valid because information changes. You have to go through it and say, is this still valid? Do I need to review it? Anything that you are providing your, to your clients and they trust that you have done the research for them, well, you have to schedule to a review of that material possibly 
well, I do mine typically once a year that I review the material, but you know, depending on the type of market, you may even have to go faster. You couldn't do uh, a course on uh, financial planning and investing without consistently keeping the information current right. because you might be guiding your client in the wrong direction. Other materials may be much more um, stable. They don't change as much. So depending on where you are. But if you don't like doing this sort of stuff, you either have to outsource it and manage a person doing it, or you will be suffering through that period until it's done, and then you may enjoy you know, the delivery of your course, or you may love the marketing of your course. There may be different aspects of what you, what you enjoy. But if you don't like putting it together, this is something that I love doing. I love putting material together. I could be creating content all day. But obviously, that's only one part of that whole process of creating programs is content creation. There's other areas that you need to do in order to make your programs successful. And, you know, the, you know you're talking about um, being current. Uh, very, very often I'll look at someone's site and uh, it's not current. There's still very much outdated programs or outdated events. Or, um, you know, you really, if you're wanting to show that you're in business now, your site must represent that now. Your social media must represent that now. Otherwise, it looks like you're not a big participant in your own business and that you may be just a dabbler. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that's really important. The program keep current even in the way that you're going to promote your program, because we're going to talk social media in a moment, because if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you know you have to know how to use social media. But it's, I think, keeping current through all of those mediums is really important, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it, that's a big job in itself. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, creating something and then ultimately presenting it to the world, uh, there is, there is, launch strategies around that but you can also just have it as a as a current product that is always available but that means that you always need to drive traffic to those pages and bring uh, entice people to learn about what is it that you have to offer in many many different ways to keep it interesting and to keep it current and to keep with the with what's what's working at the moment in the market uh, so yeah, there is you know that's that's I always say you know creating the course that's a half marathon and the other half marathon is the marketing of the course. Yes, very very important, um, and also I think too this is something I find when when I'm going to interview somebody because I very often I'll see a statement on Facebook or LinkedIn or something and I kind of take a look at what they're doing and I go mm, yes I'd really like to interview that person I think they've got something to contribute, um, and then I'll you know pre-talk to them before doing the show because I don't like to do kind of cold shows so to speak and I'll look at their site and go somebody else did this for them there isn't anything of them in it and mm -hmm. you've got to be very mindful when you, somebody is putting something together for you that they've got your flavor your personality in that otherwise that disconnect can throw people off considerably mm -hmm. yeah and this is where that management comes in that I mentioned earlier when you are outsourcing it's totally possible to do this, of course, it's possible. But then you need to have that other skill of really managing that process and, and managing the people that you're outsourcing to. So I, my, my 
corporate background was much more in project management and leading uh, a- external agencies and also internal team members in development of complex websites and, and other IT-related projects. And you really need to learn the skill of giving very clear instructions that somebody can follow and understand what you were talking about, ensuring that they really heard you and understood you, and then also be able to do proper testing and redirection as you are going through those type of projects. And ultimately, it doesn't matter how big or large, how big or small your project is. If you are having somebody else do work for you, you need to know first exactly what you want them to do and be able to articulate that in a way that they can implement it. it That's it, a skill by itself. That's, it it you know, is. And, and it's also what comes back from them. You know, if you're asking yeah. them questions and they say they can do X, Y, and Z from you, well, I want to see that written out. What are you going to do for me? Not just like one line, this amount of dollars, that line, this amount of dollars. No. Tell me in detail what you're going to do for me, and I'll see if there is a synergy there. Have you actually heard what I've asked for? Because if I'm yeah. speaking one language and you're hearing another, then again, that disconnect's going to be there. Yeah, very true. Very, very true. I mean, that's kind of... Uh, um, the whole thing of uh, proposals, writing proposals, responding to proposals, mm-hmm. uh, that whole thing that's coming in. And, you know, it, it doesn't have to be large scale. It, right. it, the same thing is if I have a VA, a virtual assistant, who is supposed to set up a webinar for me, I need to know what this virtual assistant needs to do so that I can give proper instructions and I can also redirect if it's not done correctly. And, and that is in itself is a skill. So it's when, when somebody decides to between do-it-yourself and outsourcing, they need to evaluate their own skills yes. in doing it themselves. They need to evaluate their skills in outsourcing and, and leading a team member. But they also need to evaluate uh, time versus money. It's, it's always that balance that it comes down to. Okay, do I have the money to outsource it? Or do I not have the money, but I might have the time to do it myself? And how much time do I actually take doing this myself versus how much time does it take to manage somebody else doing it? Mm-hmm. There's certain, certain things where I sometimes say to my clients, you know what, you can do this yourself. You can do these steps yourself, and you will see that it doesn't take you more time then if you outsourced it, and now you have to put all this data to somebody else who then does exactly the same, except they put it in a different direction. So, for example, when we're creating course material and we're uploading it into a platform, it may be much easier to upload the material into the platform than sending it somehow to your virtual assistant who then uploads it into the platform. Right. There's certain things, you know, not to be afraid of technology, but to actually say, technology is my friend here and my, my friend who can help me to finish this. And certain things, absolutely. Work with your VA, work with a marketing assistant or a technical assistant, but some things, it's good to know yourself. It also gives you the freedom to uh, fix things when things go wrong, which is definitely going to happen. Okay. Or on a Sunday night, you have this grand idea for something that needs to be done by Monday morning. You're not uh, hostage to having mm-hmm. a web developer or a VA uh, actually look at your emails uh, and, and do this uh, before the time frame that you need it. Having some, um, some knowledge about these things so that you can be independent and self-reliant. That's something that I inspire my clients to be 
because I know I've been there. I tend to kind of do little development work often on the weekends, and I can't expect that my web developer is there on the weekend. Uh, she often is, to be honest. But, <laughs> uh, but, but honestly, I don't expect to do anything on the weekend on my, on my project. So for me, it's if I have some capabilities to do certain things myself, I am much more independent, and I've always loved independence. Yeah, I mean, what you know, we become kind of entrepreneurs because we would like to have more flexibility in our time. Uh, you, yeah. know, uh, you know, have more time with the family, more time for ourselves, more time to enjoy life. Um, and one of the biggest problems ends up being, and I'm guilty of this, is that you become kind of a slave to your business. And <laughs> really, you do have to be very diligent in going, no, I am not going to work today. I know there's a pile of stuff that needs doing. But if I don't take that time away from myself, I start becoming resentful of my business instead of enjoying what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's it's very true, and it's very true that finding that right balance when you love what you're doing, as you said earlier, it's very easy to just keep doing that. But on the other hand, to also say, yeah, but there's other things to life as well. Mm-hmm. And yes, I I'm with you. I'm probably also one of those who is guilty of um, I'm definitely working at the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I I don't mind it because you know. As I said, for example, course creation is something that I often do on a weekend. Uh, if I need to do recordings, I like uh, a weekend is typically quieter. Um, I'm not having uh, clients call or needing to work on something for clients typically on the weekend. It's a great way for me to get into this creative bubble where I am uh, creating material. And so I like doing that on weekend. But, you know, also yesterday I loved going up to... Callahan Valley to go uh, cross-country skiing, so it's not that I'm not doing anything else. But yes, I know in the early stages of our business, particularly when you're in the creative side of of things, then yes, there is often uh, that we spend more time in our business, but as we are enjoying it, it doesn't, as you said earlier, it doesn't actually feel like that. Right. I think one of the things you have to know, and this is something I've had to learn the hard way, yes, I want everything done yesterday. But mm-hmm. it's not going to get done yesterday. And if I try to do it, I'm going to frustrate myself. Um, I'm going to get, uh, you know, sleepless nights. Then you're going to get sick. Then, you, as I said, you're going to get resentful of your business. Um, you have to pace yourself. And sometimes, okay, you didn't meet that goal when you wanted to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe there's a reason behind it. Maybe there's some other information or a, 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 a slight redirect going to come in that's going to take you down a different path. So don't force things. Sometimes pay yeah. attention to what the universe is telling you because if it's not happening for some reason, maybe there's a reason for it. Yeah, very true. And I think we tend to underestimate how long things take. Yeah. They do take Especially longer. Especially if it's anything and online. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and as you said, you know, sometimes it doesn't really matter if you give yourself a certain launch date for whatever, I want to launch this on 1st of May. Well, what's the big deal if it launches on the 1st of June? Yeah. It probably isn't a major deal. On the other hand, not giving yourself any goals that are um, encouraging you to get on to things is also not good because, you know, then you dilly-dally through life and never get it done. And, you know, that's also what I sometimes see. People are not um, bringing that commitment to that project of creating, uh, writing a book, creating a podcast, creating a program, whatever it is. Um, if they don't have that commitment 
to it, then it's less likely for it to ever get done. And that becomes even more frustrating. They do bits and pieces, and then they go away from it, and then they come back and do another bit and piece, and ultimately it never gets done. And then they, it, it really doesn't help with self-confidence, um, and it certainly doesn't help to build your business that way. So really finding the right way of the right balance between uh, encouraging yourself to get something done and to prioritize a new project because, you know, we're all typically busy. Yes. Hardly anybody these days sits around twiddling their thumbs. So if you take on a project like this, it also means that you need to let go of something else or you need to reschedule how you're doing your work in order to make room for that, for that creative process. And um, if you don't do that, if you don't actually really think about it carefully about what do I do less off or later in order to create that space in my schedule to take on this project, then you're not going to be successful and you'll be resent sorry, resenting that yeah. and you'll be uh, not helping your own personal confidence. It's so again, it's, yourself, it's all about it? balance, isn't yeah. it? And, and yeah. you know, I mean, I've, as you know, we, we've talked, I've got um, <laughs> a list of things. You know, the yeah. station has got uh, kind of, uh, uh, I'm not complaining that we've got too big, but um, when the, our real estate on it needs to be redefined here so that people can find the shows, et cetera, easy, uh, more easily. And uh, that is requiring me to have a certain kind of a technical thing in order to do something else and it's a little outside of my comfort so what I find I s myself doing is I'm doing the things that I know I can do one mm -hmm. step at a time as I do them and I go oh good that's out of the way I've done that now I feel more confident to go and tackle that thing that felt a little overwhelming so yeah. you know it's not trying to do everything all at once it's okay to walk away and go I can't do it today my mindset isn't there yeah. And then come at it at a time where, you know, I'm feeling courageous and, and ready to tackle this today. Yeah. So we, we have to listen to our inner selves of how we're going to do things. Yes, uh, very true. And I think we, you know, sometimes we need rewards, <laughs> self-reward ourselves by, by scheduling something that we can easily do so we can take something off our list because it actually feels good to take something off yeah. our list. And then there is those things that we know we keep pushing ahead of us and we're just not tackling. And sometimes you just have to say, okay, now I'm going to get this out of the way because it seems to be a blockage for all these other things, all this creative work that could happen. We know that we've got to do this one thing and because we know that this is like this mountain that feels like it's sitting in the, in the path, all this other creative energy is not coming to us because our mind is fixated. Mm -hmm. We haven't managed to do this. And when it becomes that bad, the worst thing is to not ever tackle it because as soon as you got it out of your way, it seems like it's speeding up everything else and the energy flows again. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, just kind of chiseling away at it, right? You know, when a sculptor yep. is looking, he's got a vision in mind, but very often whatever he's chiseling will kind of dictate exactly what the finished project will be. So sometimes we've really got to go with the flow um, and, and listen because um, it will guide us right as long as we're doing something and we don't step back altogether. Um, we've got to be proactive. So let's talk about your programs. I know, you know one of the things I love your, your strategy, one size doesn't fit all, and that you like to work with you know, the each entrepreneur or e um, you know, as that individual, paying attention to what their needs are and how you can bring your expertise to the table. We get so much today in companies where it is just like everybody's cookie cutter, everybody's the same. Mm -hmm. 
And we don't want that because we want to stand up as the individuals that we are, you know, with the gifts that we are. So that um, individual service is so very, very important. But you also offer um, little boot camps. Can you tell people about that? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for asking that. Absolutely, it's true that I, because I have this strong personal desire of independence and individuality, I am working on the assumption that everybody wants that. And that's how I structure my programs. It's not a mass product. It's not something where hundreds of people are in, in the Big Leap Boot Camp. It is a small group. And as that, they get a lot of access to me and they get a lot of access to each other. And so it becomes much more like a mentorship program that still takes them through all the important, what I think all these important steps that you have to go through when you are starting to think about creating your own courses. We talked about strategy. We talked about having that view into the distance, understanding the life that I want to lead so that I'm building something that supports that. Really, really important. But also understanding who my client is. Very important. And to be really clear about the avatars for our ideal clients and what their pains are and how whatever I'm putting together will gain them how it will benefit them. So I always start on those two. So that's part of the strategy. Then it's really understanding, okay, so that then we're coming into the what is going to be in the course and how am I going to do it? So you, we, you were talking about those things earlier, which really speaks to two major learning styles. The learning style that asks the question, what? What do I need to know? What do I need to learn in, do, in order to do this? And the learning style of how how do I do it, or how will you help me doing it? So that's really when the whole work around planning what that course will look like is happening, and also understanding the structure of the course and how you will be laying it out in a way that your clients can absorb it. And a course can be fully automated to almost fully uh, created for life delivery. It can be anywhere on that continuum. What it is, that's again individually up to you. I've chosen a program that has a lot of the learning is automated. So it's available at the time that really suits my clients. They can go and study the, 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 the videos, do the exercises with the worksheets, uh, look at you know, the tools, the how-to tools, etc. that I'm providing to them. But then they have a lot of access to me where that during that time we're really more debating how will this fit your strategy how will this fit actually and serve your clients how is this going to work when you're putting it together and what are the the conclusions that you have to take with regards to what's the right platform what's the right pricing level how do you name your programs and all those big questions that will be coming up through that delivery and then we look also at you know the launching of the program. So how do you actually start enrolling, getting your clients into it? So it's really an end-to-end, and I think in that regard it's very unique. It's a six-month program that has a, a number of amazing bonuses that come with it, and it's really in order to help my clients. Some of them go through this faster. Some of them take more time. Some are creating one course. Some are creating multiple. The, everybody is different and to really allow them to take the time it takes for them to create this program that is going to make a big difference in their business and allow them to lead a, a life that has more freedom, freedom to travel or freedom to spend time with 
family or just simply do the things you want to do. That's what we want to, what I want to facilitate here, that you are really making that shift in your business with whatever it is that you're deciding to create. Right. And, you know, this is the way of the future. Um, you know, it's because it, it fits more into everybody's lifestyle. It actually allows people to have a lifestyle. Yeah. You know, to be more independent um, and to do things in in their own space, in their own time. You know, they haven't got to get into a car and go somewhere and, you know, this time every week with a bunch, you know, hundreds of people there and they can't get to speak to someone because it's not that kind of program. You know, it's um, it's you kind of be building up like a brother and sisterhood here where everybody is supporting <laughs> one another and sharing ideas um, and um, kind of celebrating each other, which is very, very important because you do need that encouragement as you go through this process. Yeah, and I just want to say one thing as well for the listeners who are thinking, oh, yeah, well, that sounds interesting, but a program is not for me. And one thing to consider, and that's been really making a tremendous impact on my business and also on the business of my clients is as soon as you start developing this type of material, you have so much more to choose from when you're interacting with your clients, when you are meeting people in networking, when you're speaking from a stage or running a workshop. You can choose from different material. You can package the material in a different way with your one-on-one services that adds value to your clients. So online courses can be for lead generation if it's you know something that you can provide at a low cost or no cost so you bring in new clients into your database. It can be for revenue generation for the sales of the course itself as well as for increasing your pricing for your special VIP services. And it can be for value creation because you're making material available that will help your clients over and over again to have an improvement in their lifestyle or in, in their business. And you don't have to continuously deliver the same material. So it frees your life, but it also provides flexibility to your client. So I've seen it make a huge impact on my business, and I, I can't even imagine my business without programs anymore. Right. And, and as I said, this is the way it's going. Um, you know, this is the way people are learning, um, and you reach so many more people. You know, you step outside of your own demographic, and you're open up to so many more people. And through that, actually, you know, you be you become inspired to kind of create new programs or to you know be diversified in your own program because you are reaching out of that bubble and uh, meeting new people and and having different clientels. Um, that kind of teach you things. So you've always got yeah. to be willing to learn because from that learning you reapply, as you say, you update your program, which is really, yeah, really important. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It is very important. I've actually just spent uh, uh, quite a bit of time over the last couple of months uh, for relaunching in some ways the Big Leap Bootcamp and really making it even more flexible and even more valuable. And I'm super excited about uh, the new structure of it which allows people to start at any time and get started with, with doing this, this project that they want to do and have that help available to them at any time. So I'm super thrilled about it, and it's been, you know, it's been a process for me to come to make that decision about some substantial changes and then implementing that. But as I was doing that, I found other areas that I could enhance, and, you know, and then you go down into that creative rabbit hole <laughs> that I like a lot. <laughs> yes. And there's, you know, that's the thing about creativity, you know, it, it comes up at different times. You can't just say, well, now I'm going to be creative. The, you don't know 
what's going to happen that's yeah. going to switch that creativity on and when it is you want to go with it because you know it's yeah. there for a reason so make sure you 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 allow that time to immerse yourself into that creativity because you'll understand you know what where it can be applied and what it's needed you know um when you go through the process don't deny that creativity it's very very important to keep your business fresh and keep you fresh because yeah. if you know otherwise you can become stalemate in what you're doing you know this is boring now um so that creativity allows you to see something presented in a different way that keeps you engaged in what you're doing mm-hmm. yeah very true very true i think that's it's inspiring to bring new creative ideas to your clients and to do it in a way that you can leverage and scale up your business is very satisfying. I mean, I get kind of called uh, creative dump loads. And then, it's I d- and then I look at it and then people say, well, what is you know, your goal? And I go, my goal for 2017. And I look at it and my God, what have I just done to myself? You know, I <laughs> all of these things are big projects. And I thought, yeah. okay, I've got the whole year to do it in. And I can do yeah. this one now and that one later, and maybe that one will change. But this is the goal. This is what I would like to see happen. Now, what should come first? And, you know, whatever comes first is what's there right now that you can do, that you've got the right information to do. So, yeah, you have a big vision. You can see the whole big creative bubble, but that doesn't mean it all has to be achieved yesterday as much as we would like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's about, you know, prioritization and then take that commitment to do step by step by mm-hmm. step. And now yes, and sometimes it's also reassess and take something off your list. Right. That may not suit anymore, yeah. you know, and not feel like, oh, well, but I thought I, I, I said I would do this. Now I've got to do it. No, if it doesn't fit, if it doesn't serve you anymore, this may be what you're taking off your list in order to create room for new and better. Yeah, I mean, I've constantly asked about, Sarah, where is your book? You should have a book by now. Yes, I know. But the time to do a book with everything else isn't there. One day it is. One day there's just going to be the time and the picture, and then I'm just going to be able to do it because the flow of energy will be right. So I know it's going to get done one day, and uh, when the time is right, that's when I will do it. So on the list, but not a priority. Um, would you tell people about your book, From Burnout to Six Figures with Online Programs? Yeah, so this is a, this is a self-assessment that I have created. As I mentioned earlier, I uh, advise my clients to really think through a number of different areas to um, understand where they are, if this is the right time for them to tackle online programs. These type of questions that I have in this self-assessment will trigger some thoughts and it's not about, uh, you know, you have to come up top of the mark. It is actually good to be really honest with yourself because it will point out the areas that you need to put more attention to. Mm-hmm. So it's a simple download uh, that they can get on my website, thepetromeaconsulting.com slash assessment. And I believe that we have that link on the page mm-hmm. for the recording so that they can easily um, get this self-assessment And also, you know, there is a hidden gift in there as well. Make sure that you watch out for that. Uh, For those of you who really want to see how could this work in my business and who would love to get my eyes and ears on that, there is an invitation for you to request a two-step clarity session, which is um, first an assessment or a questionnaire to clarify your own goals. And you will receive that questionnaire, so it's, it's a process that you go through. It's not very long, takes five to ten minutes. 
and then I also get it, and then you will be able to book your, your session with me, and we will c can look at your goals, and we can look at the outcome from your assessment and see what it would take to get you there to become your own, um, the creator of your own courses and programs and start building your leveraged business. Now, you know, a lot of the reason why people don't do it is that it all just feels too intimidating. Well, you mm -hmm. know, the whole thing is um, you have to step into your own ownership and your own responsibility and, and participate in your own life. But that doesn't mean you have to take the whole journey on your own. And, you know, the reason why we have other people who have taken the journey before you and that have the skills and have the expertise is that they're there to help you on your journey. So you don't have to be uh, the be-all and the end-all in your business. This is where you reach out to other people who have got it down, who know what they're doing, who can show you how and how to apply it into your business so you don't feel so crippled or intimidated. Because I think half the time people crumble in their businesses is because they're too afraid to grow, because they feel too overwhelmed. And so you take that overwhelm out of the picture altogether and to show them the various progressive steps that they need to do, the process, that um, they can easily apply and therefore they have what they want uh, and it was easily easily done and they don't feel intimidated by it anymore. Yeah, very true. It's, it's, it really helps a lot and you know honestly I failed when I created my first course and I actually failed twice before I became smart and said okay I haven't really done this ever before I need to ask and find out how it's done. And I invested a lot in my invest in in my education and in my learning, and everything I've put in th that came out of that learning, out of my own experience, my business experience, I put together into my program, the Big Lead Bootcamp. So it's now something that helps others to achieve what I have achieved. And I needed to help to get help. You know, I needed to be open to that. And it took me a couple of attempts until I realized I also need to learn from others, and I'm still working with multiple mentors and coaches uh, at any one time on different areas. And it's absolutely okay. It gets you there faster, and it gets you there with less frustration. You spend less energy on debating with yourself what needs to be done. Yes, absolutely. Go and find the resource that is the right resource for you when you have a big project like this to help you to get it done. We're also in a society today where it's less about me, myself, and mine, and more about us, we, and collaboration. And uh, we, you know, I think we've learned finally um, that by collaborating and supporting uh, and being there for each other, we help each other grow our businesses. Um, you know, whether it's the same style of business or whether it's different, by um, being there for each other and you, you're growing, well, you're going to refer and then I'm going to refer, and that's how it works. Uh, um, that competitiveness about I've got to be the best at all costs is an old paradigm and uh, hopefully dying out because when we look at ourselves as a village and everybody in that village has a role to play and the more we support each person in that village, the village is stronger. So uh, it don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to join things. Uh, don't be afraid to... Um, collaborate with people because you have no idea what's going to come of it until you try. Yeah, and I see that a lot with my clients who are, for example, in the Big Leap Bootcamp that I also encourage them to collaborate uh, amongst themselves in setting up additional accountability calls 
And I find that the ones that are open to that are usually the ones that are more successful in um, creating their programs and and uh, creating them in a way that they it's almost like pre-vetted by others who are in the program because they can ask these questions and the others are looking at it from the perspective of a potential client. And it really provides extra insights. I also bring in a lot of experts into my um, into my programs because I'm not an expert in any in everything. So I am bringing in others who are helping with additional content on items that where they are being an expert. And um, you know, I I find that I always learn so much when I'm bringing in another expert who does a short, perhaps an episode. Uh, like a one-hour um, training that we're recording so that it's available for everybody who's going through the program. I learned so much, and I know that that's really valuable when you are in a program where you also see uh, different perspectives on different aspects from other experts. So I think that's really valuable. And as you're saying, that collaborative approach is something that I personally love, and it's one of my, my high values is collaboration. And uh, I find that that in itself brings a lot of satisfaction to my work. And again, there's something else I want to point out. By all of these things that you're doing in the course that's recorded um, you know, and that's you know, uh, documented, very often we, when we go through something, we're going to receive the information that we're ready to receive at that moment. When you revisit it, all of a sudden you have a totally different understanding of it. You're absorbing totally different language, um, you know, knowledge from it. So I think this is one of the other benefits, the things that are recorded and that are documented, is the revisiting. Whereas if you're in a kind of a, a classroom, I the information you've got is that there. It, you can't really take it with you other than what you've absorbed in that moment. So mm -hmm. having things you can revisit, I think, is excellent because you, you'll get different information from it the next time you revisit it. Absolutely. And as you said, you know, I have, if you go to a live program, it, you have to follow the sequence and the time frame that is set by the instructor. If you are in a program that provides a lot of uh, online recordings and material that is maybe structured in a certain way, but you might not be ready for that information yet. As, just as you just said, you just, you're not there yet. So you need to be able to come back to it. But if you're just listening to a class and you're not there yet to even understand mm -hmm. what this concept is about, that class is just wasted. Yeah. But if you can go back uh, later in the program and look at the recordings, it's very valuable. And that's why even if you, if you run as, a, as, a, as an instructor a program that is live, if you at least provide access to recordings to your clients, you're already giving them a lot of extra value. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I totally hear you. And, you know, particularly when it comes to areas that are perhaps not in your sweet spot, where you're not, you know, that's not what you're, like, you know, technology, let's face it, is for many people a challenge. Mm -hmm. And if you learn something at one time as part of a course of how you do this, like how do you edit a video, you listen to this the first time, all you get take away okay, I can add it a video, but I don't know how at that point. You probably need to listen to it two or three times. You need to start doing it and testing and trying before it really becomes part of your knowledge and you're able to uh, repeat, repeatedly do this. So having access to, to recordings is really helpful. I also find that people absorb information in different ways. You know, somebody it might be uh, on a drive, somebody else on a walk, um, you know, somebody else, why they're doing kind of a meditation or exercise. And, uh, you know, we, we have our different absorption times. 
and uh, you know knowing what it is and of course I'm an audio person I, the visuals are excellent when you need to show visual but I think people see better when they hear and uh, having something that people can play anywhere anytime um, and absorb that information is really great because the you know where they're best opened up um, is the great time for them to actually download the information yeah very true very true so you've got to find out where it is that you're best to receiving. And if you don't get it first time round, that just means you're not ready for that. There's another process you need to go through. You'll go back to it, and then it'll be, ah, now I get it. So don't beat yourself up because you're not getting it right that moment. You just, obviously, uh, your way of uh, absorbing information is different. Um, so come back and revisit it later. Yes, it's very true, and and uh, that's what learning is. We often have to to listen to something more than once in order to really learn the concepts. Yeah, definitely. Well, I know a number of people who've got some online programs that have completely freed them up, um, and there is the due diligence that goes out where the programs are constantly going out, you know, um, in promotion and newsletters and social media. Um, but these programs have given them the freedom to go and enjoy life and participate in their own lives. And it came from them doing, you know, their, their backbone work first before they went into the programs and then took all that expertise and put it into the programs. Um, and it works. It definitely does work. Um, it becomes your tool. Uh, and it's, uh, I think it's something that we really need to look at a great deal more um, because there's going to be a lot more of it out there and you may just have that program in you and you didn't realize your teachings could yeah. be put into a program and uh, you maybe haven't thought about it well you know I work one-on-one -on -one with clients great but if you have this background program that they could go and do the homework or do a lot of the work at home and then come to you for you know for clarification or for summary or you know for that next stage it's working for you. That program is working for you as opposed to you having to do all the work um, every time you see somebody. So there's so many benefits to having online programs. Sarah? Yes? Can you yeah. hear me? Yeah, no, you just cut off just a tiny little bit. Okay. I thought I'd, I lost you. I'm just saying lots of benefits to having online programs. It's not just about having one there and forgetting it. Use it as a tool to for your teachings and what you're actually doing. Um, again, you know, you may not have clientele that can come at the time you want them to come at, but they've got material uh, and you can either Skype with them, phone with them or meet up with them. But th in the meantime, they're in your program, they're doing what they need to do. So when you do meet up with them in whatever way, you know, now you can take it to that next next stage. So I think this online programming is um, is something we're going to see a hell of a lot more of. and. Uh, you know, uh, I think a great thing to do would have a chat with you to find out whether what they've got can be an online program. Yes, absolutely. And I think that a, a really good start is to download the uh, self-assessment from Burnout to Six Figures with online programs. To go through that, it will be some insightful questions and to get some feel for, okay, all these things that are involved. And as I mentioned earlier, don't get discouraged if you come up with low numbers, the results are low. It only shows you the areas to focus on. And as we've been saying throughout the show, the first step is to make you know, a decision to go in a certain direction and then to take step after step. And it is a process. It's not a destination. It's a journey to go through and decide, 
I am going to create my own programs. How am I going to get started? What are the next steps? And it's, it is a process. You'll never feel like quite ready for it. It's part of that process is to get ready. Right. It's, it's getting ready. It's a, it's, some, it's a process. It's not a destination to be ready. You know, it's something that you just, as part of that, as part of that whole development of the course, you will get more and more ready. That's part of that whole thing. And even if you're a person that is hands-on, you know, a Reiki, you know, massage therapist, or, you know, um, emotional therapist, uh, you can still have an online program as your take-home for your clients. Something that, because what happens, you know, I hear this all the time, um, is we worked on that session and they go out the door and they don't take it with them. And they don't practice anything that we've just talked about. Well, if you have this program that they can now go home with exercises to keep them in that mindset, that can change that patterning, and then that next session with you, they're further ahead. So don't dismiss, just because you do work with people physically one-on-one, the benefit of having a program that could be working for you when you're not with them. Yeah, very true. I couldn't have said it uh, any better. So I do realize that there is some professions where you actually have to get your hands on your clients, but there's still ways of how you can use online programs in a way to either attract these clients to you or to add value to the services and to also differentiate yourself from others who are practicing a similar um, service and who are not having online courses or group programs or uh, other, you know, recordings or downloads. I mean, it could be sometimes as simple as that. It's just thinking through how you can add value for your clients and with that create greater loyalty. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, it's kind of that personal touch as well. It's coming from you. Well, this is great. So it's uh, Petra Mayer Consulting. I'm going to spell that for you. P-E-T-R-A-M-A-Y-E-R consulting.com You can also email her at Petra at PetraMayerConsulting.com Check out the book um, they'll give you a lot of uh, answers and as she said don't be afraid if the low numbers are there as she said it may be just a focus that you need to be doing instead of a broad spectrum um, check out the um, the big leap bootcamp.com and uh, you can see the program that she has there they've got two videos on here too one why you need programming the other one what the boot camp is all about um, all the information is there and if you're still at the end of it going well I don't know just drop her a line have a chat and then you'll find out whether this is for you or not don't be afraid to, to look at this as an option in your business. It is kind of that next stage that is happening in business. And uh, you don't know whether you can be a big part of it or a small part of it, but it's something that can really help your business grow, um, solidify and gain more momentum or more foundation. So don't be afraid to investigate it. Petra, thank you so much for being with us here today. Thank you, Sarah, for having me and for the whole show. It's been amazing, and I really appreciate your time and for inviting me to be on your show. Wonderful. Well, you know, we've got so many entrepreneurs out there that need to take things to the next level, that need to step out, you know, above the crowd or just have some more substance to their business that isn't just requiring of them 24-7. And uh, this is the way to go. So um, don't be afraid to reach out to Petra, folks, and find out if she's a fit for you because she's there for you. Um, 
So folks, uh, it's all about us participating in our own lives. It's all about us being willing to accept a new direction and try something new because we never know how it's going to work for us unless we're willing to do that. Until next time, folks. Bye for now.